This is Story Guys. Are we gonna are we gonna clear this pandemic? Is this gonna happen? Wait, like where are you on the on the list to get a shot? I'm really soon. Um, I actually am. Um, so yeah, I found out that I was I'm actually in one C. What? Dude, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, and so the the reason being, uh, there's one particular health group where I went through their uh, questionnaire, and it was different than the rest of them. And I remember I've been on, I'm like I'm on every waiting list, and it was like you know you do not qualify for this round. You're on the in whatever in whatever two tier two or whatever. And there's this one where it said that I qualified for one C, and well, you I have actually asthma, asked, right? We talked about uh, this on the show. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So and yes. high blood pressure. Yeah. You so. you you totally qualify. So I did the thing today. Like I know that I'm way down on the list, so I did the thing today, uh, where I just was on a link and it was like find out when where when you're eligible. And so because we're trying to get my wife, my wife has all sorts of pre-existing stuff, and we're like, surely yeah. we can get her on like one C. So I just filled it out for me. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a ranking as far away as the one that they gave me. It was like, call us in 2025, and if you know if it's still a thing, we'll hook you up. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not anywhere. And I'm very thankful and happy to be healthy, and I want all of my friends like you and uh, you know uh, other friends and family that obviously are at higher risk to have it first. But I just it was very funny. It was like, I think at a, a certain point, they were just like, stop answering the questions. Like, you're, you yeah. know, just stop. You don't need to yeah. keep going through this survey. And last weekend, I saw my family, and I, my dad was like, oh, you can go down to our football field. We're going to get you. They put one yard right there, man. I, I bet we do that whole thing. And I was like, <laughs> you try Jesus it? Christ. No, I'm not going to. I wasn't going to steal one oh, from somebody's I mean, arm. But I, but I did find out that people from larger cities are coming to my hometown to get the vaccine because either we have plenty of them or these people aren't taking them. So same, so, same thing. I heard the same story from a friend of mine who said he's conflicted because he lives in a different state where there is a there a, a few minutes from him. He lives in a major metropolitan area, but a few minutes from him, there is an enclave that is wealthier and conservative. And the rumor is that if you drive there and go to a Walgreens, they're just handing them out because nobody's taking them. And he's like, I know I'm not, I don't qualify, but should I go? It, I mean, I don't know, man. That's a real, that's a real 2021 quandary right there. Yeah, and I, I do have a friend, and I don't, I'm not going to out the friend because I don't think this person listens to the podcast, but they live in Cal Southern California and a very different situation from other places. Oh, like sure. say here we are in Kentucky or say like, you know, where you have Yahoo's in, in uh, Texas or Mississippi or North Dakota. And no offense to you listeners that are from those States. Your politicians are just nuts. Um, but anyway, there were like these codes. So there was like a code that was given out to people who were high risk or, you know, had certain type of multiple morbidities or something like that. And a friend of mine got a hold of one of the codes. Like someone's like, oh, hey, I got man. a code. What? And so so this friend of mine went to go to get the shot and realized that they were surrounded by people like a geriatric posse of people <laughs> where no one was under 70. And uh, this friend of mine is, I guess, 40. And he's like, and this, so, this looks suspicious. 
No, <laughs> felt guilty and turned around and left. Oh, like, really? Just, yeah, just bailed. I'm, like, I'm ready to hear a story of somebody who like dresses up as an old person to try to get theirs. Well, they did that in Florida already. Really? Have they busted people doing this? Have I missed this? Yeah, Brian. These two <laughs> these two ladies dressed up as old ladies in Florida to make sure and get it. It's like all they had to do was like go to a Publix where they're giving it to all the rich white people. That's what they're that's what's happening in Florida. You didn't have to dress up. I, I should ridiculous. I shouldn't have joked about that. I mean, I guess that's not funny, but for some reason just no. the idea of like, you know, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, like what just <laughs> I, I, and I mentioned to my wife, and this is a great point she made. I mentioned to my wife, and I said, "Well, those two ladies should never get the next shot." Yeah, you're Screw out. Screw them. You're out. Screw them and the horse they came on. And yeah. my wife said, "Nope. Those are exactly the people that need to be vaccinated because they're idiots, <laughs> and we need to vaccinate people like that." And I was like, "Oh man." That's we pretty good. Vaccinate. Well, like QAnon vaccinate, right? Like just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Freaking laser beams from the Jewish people from space are going to burn down your state, California. You know, we were joking off the air about uh, our wives listening to podcasts that we don't uh, create and produce on our, on our own. Um, as specifically ones about murder and how ridiculous that is. And I guess it's an SNL sketch. Uh, but yes. uh, my, my wife told, also likes to listen to ones about like conspiracy theories and stuff. So she said she just listened to a three-parter on QAnon. I was like, huh, good for you? <laughs> you, can, a- you can point out the things that I never wanted to know about the people that we know and the things they post on Facebook, I guess. Yeah, I'm still stuck on Building 7. It's still my favorite conspiracy theory. Yeah, you know, I found an old recording uh, of a podcast years ago. I was on the About Time podcast, um, and I like randomly found it on the internet recently. And they asked me on that podcast my favorite conspiracy theory, which I went to. I think I would still go to this if you were to ask me about my favorite conspiracy theory, and that is um, reptilians. I love the idea of lizard people. Yes, so does the older child in this house who, when it became a thing, was like, you know, Hillary Clinton's a reptile, right? Oh man, I mean that yeah. used to be funny. Like when people would say stuff like that, and now I'm like, yeah, you might be being ironic or hilarious, but like, there's a lot of people being dead serious when they say that. Yeah, that's totally true. And I'm not saying I thought think that building Building Seven of the World Trade Center was just a full scale demolition that we weren't involved in it. But man, it it certainly did a free fall. And there's an amazing videotape of. The last man in that building that some reporter or someone goes walking into building seven and the alarm's going off and it's like the worst alarm in the world. It's so terrifying. And there's a guy in there. And did we talk about that guy? I think you might have mentioned it. Go ahead. Yeah, And he, he like, you know, he's, he's talking about how he's getting everybody out and he said, and the guy goes, do you know what happened outside? And he goes, I don't know. Um, like he almost acts like he's not exactly sure what happened outside. He says like there's an explosion or something. Um, and then he gives his name and refers to him. He says that he's an agent. Uh, and I believe he was an intelligence officer. Like he was an FBI or CIA, like actual, like he, he was some type of government employee who then went out after 9-11 happened and the buildings fell and stole a bunch of cars. Wait, what? And he did? Yeah, 
Yes. He stole a bunch of cars that were, they were downtown after that. And it was a, and, 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 you know, he got charged for it. I mean, it's, you know, it's Grand Theft Auto and, uh, not the video game kids. That's the charge you go to jail for. <laughs> but I remember that it, it came up and it was the first time I'd heard something where someone was talking about trauma in a different way I didn't understand, which was, you know, his defense, it wasn't like an insanity defense, but it was more of a question of he really didn't, he was so like, he wasn't in shock, but he's pretty close to being in shock. Like, yeah, he didn't like, he was, didn't go home for a while and, so he was. So, he was, so your story is he was in Building Seven. He was so traumatized he went and stole cars. So we should excuse that. No, that's. I'm just telling you what the facts are, man. Like, I'm <laughs> so, excuse wait, him. What's the What's the name of the documentary? The loose no, change, it, it, spare change. Not. No, I'm not talking about that videotape. I'm talking about the the larger conspiracy theory. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's. I, it, is it loose change? It's something know. like that. Anyway, yeah. I, like, I was always vaguely aware of it. And I had a friend who would occasionally dabble in these things, right, and mention it. And say, oh, you should watch that video. But my brother, for several years, we've talked about probably on this show, lived in Oneonta, New York. And when he was moving there, I was like, oh, let's learn about Oneonta. And let me tell you what I learned on the Wikipedia of Oneonta. You know who the famous people from Oneonta? Uh, not a lot of them, because it's a little town in upstate New York. Um, but the guys who made that movie are from Oneonta. <laughs> from Oneonta. Okay. <laughs> that's their big claim to fame uh, you might be surprised to know there is not a big sign welcoming them when you drive into town it doesn't <laughs> exist it's not there um let's do this thing this this is a game show of sorts uh where we tell each other stories and then we decide who has the better story and we hand out fake points that's, that's it right that's the whole that's concept just, that's really it and we franchise this across the country to seven thousand other podcasters and we just really rake in uh, cryptocurrency at this point. Yeah, Brian you, you can Bitcoin us <laughs> by using our email address. <laughs> we are the story guys at gmail.com. Uh, the topic today, it typically comes from a song. And we have we ever done Hot for Teacher? Oh, man, but geez, do I know that song. Gosh. I mean, but the, the, what it makes me think of is my roommates in college turning it on at like 3 in the morning and waking me up as they were all playing air drums in the living room, which looking back, I'm like, that was... I get it. That's a strong choice. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely is. Ah, oh, man, I think the clock is slow. Uh, That's a great song. Man. Sorry. So I know we've talked about Eddie Van Halen, and we've talked about Van Halen on our, our other show, Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories, which you can check out at our website, wearethestoryguys.com, or, or wherever you like to download quality audio. Um, but I don't think we've talked about teachers in general. And so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go the opposite of hot, though I did have a beautiful teacher who was in our high school my senior year who taught east lab which was like a precursor to steam because this was like over 20 years ago now you hear the steam acronym right all the time in in school classrooms anybody that has kids in school they know what that means science technology engineering and math i don't know something like that um but they were trying this thing called um they were trying something similar to that East lab is what they called it. I don't remember what it stood for, but it was this sort of thing where you would basically go in and like pitch a project and work on it all semester. And like the, it seemed like not real school because it was like innovative kind of teaching method. And so everybody thought it was really cool. Plus there was like this really good looking teacher that taught it. And so all the high school boys were like, Oh man, seven reasons to take East lab. Um, that's not the story I'm going to tell though. Instead I'm going to talk about, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but, the weirdest looking teacher I ever had. 
<laughs> All right. So her name was Mrs. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making this name up. Her name was Mrs. Scrodenis. <laughs> okay. S- That's amazing. S C or K? I can't remember. I think it was S C R O D E N N I S. Scro Dennis. I mean, Dennis. I had an uncle Dennis for a while before he left my aunt, and uh, he was kind of a jerk, obviously. And Dennis is just not the best name. Like, I don't know if you know a lot of guys named Dennis. You're like, you know, I want to hang out with Dennis. Like, no offense if we have Dennis right. listeners, but like, it's kind of a jerk name. It's like Kyle. Um, Scro Dennis is even worse. <laughs> and she would wear, she had like helmet hair. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. And yeah. she taught she taught algebra two, like so. Not like all the oh. cards were off. She didn't have any of the cards. We had oh. two teachers who were who were just crazy, and their reputations preceded them in school. And one of them was Doctor Cravey, who was I can't even say it without like flaring my eyeballs. Like I just Doctor Cravey. Um, she was old as sin and was like would just yell. And she taught chemistry, and then Scrodenis taught algebra two. And so when I had her, you got to know the backstory of the fact that I moved to Arkansas when I was like a week before my junior year of high school. And I started at this, this public high school in this small town in Arkansas. And it was known as the preppy high school. So there were a few high schools, it was a smaller town of about 30,000 people, but with like a rural outlying area. And then there were, there were like the, the rural school and then a couple of really rural schools. And then there was like this school that was, any of the doctors and lawyers and those people that are necessary in a town setting, even of that size, they all sent how, their kids there. How did you fit in in that school? Since that was a new thing for you, um, I did okay. Um, I I recently lo- re re looked at my um, uh, my strength finders. Have you ever taken that your strength finder? I don't know what that is. Okay, so it's like a person. It's like a per- like a working style test thing, and like a- some workplaces will have you take it, and then they like refer to it. So I have worked at one of those places where, oh. you know, and they'll say like, "Oh, your strength finders are these things," and so it's like everybody's aware of like what you're good at. And my one of mine is basically like mine. You're not going to be shocked by this, having been one of my best friends for over a decade. Mine are uh, uh, basically like enthusiasm. <laughs> And, right. and, uh, and what they call in this test, woo, which is stands for winning others over. And so it's this idea of like being able to, to go in and like leveraging a lot of times that enthusiasm or that, um, and the other one I have is like, I rank really high in like curiosity basically. So like curiosity, enthusiasm, dude, we do a podcast where we like investigate rock and roll stories. Like clearly this all That's adds true. up. This all adds up. Yeah. But I, I bring it up only to say winning over others is like kind of what I have always just learned to do as like a coping mechanism because I'm moving around yeah. and that sort of stuff. So I, I, I did okay. I did okay. I, t- I used to tell a joke about uh, my first day at that school. I met a, a future NF, like two people talked to me my first day at that school as a junior in high school. And it was, um, this future NFL player and then my best friend who, who ended up being my best friend for, for until he died. Um, and it, it like, I, I used to do some disposition joke where it was like, it made it sound like I was talking about the NFL player. Really. really I was talking about the other guy, but, um, yeah, there, there was a guy that went on to work to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars briefly, who was in my high school and was like super nice. But yeah, that's a diversion that has not, a diversion that has nothing to do with the story. I didn't know that woo was a thing. I always went, well, I mean, woo, when you're at a place, woo, woo, at a concert. <laughs> woo! But, but I always wondered in, in, in 
uh, Merle Haggard's Okie from Muskogee, there's the line that says, We like holding hands and pitching woo. And I never knew what that meant. And I don't know if I do at all. No, I still don't, I don't think it means winning over others in that context. No, I don't either. <laughs> no. Okay, so so go ahead. Sorry. So I want you to take strength finders, and we'll figure out what your. I, I have some guesses as to what yours are, but I bet winning over others is is high on you your list. Um, but anyway, so back to this winning over others others thing. I get put in this algebra two class as a junior, and it's the last class of the day, seventh period, and it's with. Um, basically all of the seniors who had failed it the year before. So like instead of somehow just due to scheduling and being like a new kid coming in at the end, they put me in like the remedial algebra two class, just meaning that it was all these guys that were like kind of yeah. problems. And so it was wild. And I had not been in a public high school up to this point. So it was a really interesting thing for me. And I figured out very quickly that instead of trying to win over others in that room, I was just going to keep my head down because yeah. this I didn't want to have a target on my back. And this teacher was was like such an old school 1980s teacher, right? And she just like, Scrodenis was having none of it. And she would just yell. And she didn't have the lungs to yell. So it just was like screechy. She yeah. had helmet hair. She was really tiny and skinny. And she wore like sweaters. And what was worse is that these, you know, all of these seniors who were about to fail just smelled blood. So they would come in and call. First of all, they'd be like, there was this one girl that sat next to me every day. And her name was Laura. And Laura was trouble. Like just trouble you knew she was walking in trying to start trouble you knew she went home and was trouble and she would sit next to me and try to talk to me and i was like dude i'm just like i'm just like you know, i'm not gonna be rude but i'm not gonna actively engage with this person because i can tell that none of this is genuine and then mrs scrodenis would walk in and she'd be like scrodog what's up scrodog and so everybody in the room would start yelling at scrodog and then scrodog would lose her mind this happened every day in seventh period for my entire junior year of high school i came out of that class somehow unscathed but what happened during that class is that laura would sit next to me and that year if, so I'm trying to think of the order in which to tell this. So she kept trying to talk to me and I would just kind of be like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Like halfway through the year, she makes some reference to me about living in Germany or Switzerland. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, that's where you're from, right? And I was like, no. She's like, but you're an exchange student. Oh my God. And I was like, right. no, I'm not an exchange student. I'm just not talking to you. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so to give it a little context, there was a guy named Marcus who was an exchange student from Germany who started at the same time that I did. And I, I think oh. that she got us confused, right? She got you confused. But, but you she, talk, so. the whole time, because I wouldn't talk to Laura because I knew she was trouble. Uh, she just assumed that any guy that wouldn't talk to her didn't know the language. That's the kind of girl she was. Oh my and um, so that's my story about Scrodog and the semester that I was pretended to be an exchange student by accident. Oh my gosh. 
I and now, man, I don't know which one to pick. I've got like three good ones. All right, I've got. Give us two of them. Hard. Give us one and a half. Show me what you got. One and a half. Okay, okay. I'm just going to stick to high school. So I'm just going to tell you up front. I'm not going to tell you about the Spanish teacher I had in college who, for extra credit, someone made margaritas on, on extra credit day, and I sang Mother by Danzig in Spanish. And later I saw her at my job after I was, she, I was no longer a student, and she asked me out on a date with her son with her. I've got news for you. We've already done that episode. <laughs> we did we did Blanca, right? Okay, good. We okay, did that episode. Sure. Okay. So we're gonna go to the two two high school teachers, or maybe three. Um so I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk ourselves slowly into it, like the opening act. So um and my daughter who's here with me knows this first teacher who is and I'm I'm gonna save the names. I think it's fair because there's a lot of crappy stuff I can say here and some stuff that's kind of embarrassing. Um but how about I'll I'll throw the first one out here. I'll say the first one because I think my sister had this teacher and she was a Spanish teacher, her name was Kathy Matteo, was her name. <laughs> Uh, Kathy Matteo, apparently my understanding when I was, before I was ever in high school, uh, burned an American flag. I heard. <laughs> what? Uh, like during class? Like, let's see if this thing lights up. Definitely made some news, uh, for sure. Um, I mean, my high school was on the nightly news a couple times when I was lived in that city. Um, and one time for a lot worse things than that. <laughs> but so... She was very funny. There was an, the other Mark. There was one other Mark in my uh, class that I graduated with. Only one. So think about that. Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. There's only one other Mark. Wow. But so she used to, at the very beginning during that year, she would say, well, Mark, I hope you're very excited. The other Mark got 100 on the test, which means <laughs> that you got 100 on the test. And so she would move him around the room, and eventually she'd move the other Mark just right next to her desk, you know, like he's a toddler. Um, yeah, it is amazing. But so that's, that's, let me warm you up with our Spanish teacher. Uh, the history teacher, a world history teacher who I did take his class my senior year because I ran out of, I had two study halls. Uh, my, I, I took all my classes. Um, I skipped gym I didn't even go to my gym class, but I took world history. It was just a thing to take. And that teacher's name was Mr. Holt. Uh, Mr. Holt also, I found out as a kid, that's when I found out about how much teachers made because Mr. Holt had a second job. Yeah. So I remember seeing Mr. Holt like out of, out of the element, right? Uh, however, the element that we all knew Mr. Holt from was from class, so he had a bit, like he had a little uh, thing that he would do. So that first week or two of school, he would hop up on top of his desk and sprightly, not like climb on it. He would just sort of hop onto his desk and people would be like, man, what the hell is this guy Was this doing? like around Dead Poet Society? Uh, it's early 90s. Yeah, but, yeah. He, but, he watched I, Dead Poet Society, man. I, I honestly just think that was part of it. I think he predated that movie, man. You think, think Dead Poets Society was based on him? I think they stole. I think they stole everything from my my high school. World they, were, they were in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Like, you know what? This would make a great movie. Let's take this to Hollywood. 
because I was there, and I remember that day where he hopped on the desk, and I was like, "Wow!" Did, hey, I got I got to ask: Did he say, "Oh, Captain, my Captain"? No. Okay. No. Just just checking. But what he did say, Brian, that because he said it, meant that it was true. So when it was on the test, you had to say it was true, which was that the Syrians thousands of years ago rode Harley Davidsons <laughs> what through the Middle East and then he put that as a true or false question on the test yeah and the answer that's true Brian <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah is this a listen to me let me see if you're listening to me thing like I don't understand got it made got it made got it made I'm hot for Mr. Holt um yeah I mean he does sound yeah. like an excellent catch yeah, uh, that was uh, that was him. But okay, so we're gonna save the best for last, which was my French teacher, which I now have found out that I have an enormous amount of friends I grew up with who are friends with this teacher on Facebook, and I can't believe I want all everyone I know to apologize to this teacher, because if this ever happened, anything that happened in the class that I had with her or maybe two years of it it was awful uh, the things that would happen in there and I'm just going to give you some the highlights because they're the funny parts um, a very good friend of mine would sit in the back of the room and he would do spitballs onto the uh, the chalkboard That's so classic. This is before, before the kids here have the dry erase boards like literally is the yeah. chalk no that's that is classic 80s movie and, shenanigans points and but here's the thing she didn't notice like he just was doing it all the time and he was doing it on this other board and one day she noticed that were that there were like dozens and dozens and dozens of spitballs all over Ew. the board and she just didn't know right um not as funny. Uh, I had cla- that class with older people, and they they locked her out of the room once. I remember that. So she couldn't get in the room. She's like banging on the door. Um, but the worst thing was, no, this is the, it's kind of funny. Someone took her desk and turned it backwards. So she was like teaching, and she's teaching French, you know, stuff. And she goes to sit down at her desk and like pulls up her chair and you hear her like legs hit the table and she's like, ow. Uh, and one day she came in and said, uh, uh, I want everyone to know I've had a kind of a rough morning because my, my cat died and she's telling us about her cat. Oh, and she just starts talking about French and she turns around and my friend Jason Jones goes, Meow. you know, and then she like <laughs> leaves. Dude, high school kids are the worst. The worst. Even the good ones are bad. They're the worst. And like, there's a version of my life where I teach English in a high school. And every once in a while, when I flash into that alternate universe, I go, no, it's not going to be like Dead Poet Society. It's not going to happen. And I've been between jobs and been like, maybe I got a teaching certificate. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to go to all that work to walk in there and have people mock me and then like maybe get one guy to read Kafka. Like, you know, like, no, it's, I don't think the trade off is there. High school kids are the worst. And we, you have one and I'm about to have one and I don't know how I'm going to handle that. 
I'd no, like to no. I'd like to assume mine is a exception to the rule, but I I did have one excellent teacher, and I mean I kind of have just like you know had a lot of uh, like oh my gosh had a lot of fun at you know at some expense of like other teachers or whatever. But I do want to say this about a teacher I had that made a big impact on me in a very different way. I had him for algebra one and two. There you go. Scroll up. Scroll and, up. And trig. Um, and I. I stayed, well, let me tell this part first. That first year of algebra, he had a big, we had all metal desk and he had the, the big wood stick. I hope I haven't told you this too. Uh, he had like this big wooden yardstick. Um, so if you fell asleep, you, your desk got the yardstick, you know, he'd wake you up. Nice. We had a, my mom, my mom and dad would put them above the door frames and they were the they were if you got in trouble because we were back in the day of corporal punishment, right? They're like, yeah. if it if it's if it's smacking time, it all I got to do is reach up. It's like in my house we have the keys, the little tiny keys, so that if somebody locks themselves in a in a room, you can unlock it because that's mm-hmm. the kind of family we are. But growing up, forget those extra keys, man. It was just about it was about yardstick access above every door. Coming <laughs> at you, bro. Coming at yeah. you. So the so the teacher I had. Um, I remember, I remember algebra very clearly and the first week of school, we all sat in just stunned silence, listening to him talk about algebra to us (laughs) and asking us questions. So we'd ask a question and no one would answer. So he'd keep going and he'd keep asking questions and people wouldn't answer. And then one day, I wasn't prepared for Mr. Steely to say this, but one day out loud, he said, what in the hell did you guys do at that school before you got to this one? And our valedictorian of our, eventually of our senior class three years later said, we added and subtracted fractions, sir. And he put down the yardstick and turned around and grabbed a piece of chalk and said, X. He said, and then he wrote variable. He goes, does anyone know what a variable is? And no one says anything. And he turns around and erases all of it and starts over. But he would stay after school Monday through Friday with me. I would wait. There'd be other kids there. But he would stay till after six o'clock. So wow. he would stay after dinner time until everybody who wanted to have help with math would would get it. And uh, you know, those are the people that really sacrifice their time because they yeah. they give a shit about kids and they, they care about teaching kids, and that's important. Um, Is this going to be our official like shout out to teachers episode? We're going to drink yeah. to teachers at the end of this episode. Yeah, um, I think so. Well, I've drank all my beer, dude. So I'm, yeah, me too. I'm, but <laughs> I, but I'll, I'll tip an empty beer can to. Uh, I had a teacher named Jennifer Garner for real. Like right, and I remember it was awesome because I had her the year that Dude Where's My Car came out, and they used to do these radio commercials. Have I told? Have I said this before? No. They used to do these radio commercials uh, for the little theater in our town, and they'd say, "Playing this weekend at the Mall Twin Cinema is." 
and they would just read the cast list and the plot of the movie. And so I, I vividly remember the first time we all came to school after having heard that radio commercial for playing at the mall twin cinema this weekend. Dude, where's my car? Starring Jennifer Garner and oh Christopher, whatever his name is. And uh, she was awesome. Uh, shout out to Mrs. Miller. She was awesome. English. These are all English and journalism teachers. I mean, surprise, surprise. Mr. Quattlebaum, who I'm pretty sure we've talked about on the show before. Q, he was the man. Um, and then I had some really good ones in college too, but those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah. I, oh, and oh, I, and I forgot one. Scrotum. <laughs> you get all the points for having the lady whose name sounds exactly like that. Don't you just want to say it? I just want to say it. Like I forgot about it. Somebody mentioned it to me, and I wrote it in my phone that we had to talk about it on the show because I was like, I cannot forget about Scrodog. And Scrodog is a really funny. I'll way never, to... I'll never forget Laura being like, "Yo, what's up, Scrodog?" And I was like, "This girl is bad news, bad <laughs> news." All right, I'll take the points. If you want to get involved in the show, we are the Story Guys at gmail.com. We are the Story is the website. We got plenty of podcasts for you there, including our other show, Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. We are cooking with gas. Check that out. Um, we've also got hypotheticals. Uh, that is a fun game show, kind of like this, where you're, uh, you know, the points don't matter, but it's conversation. Our friends Charles and Kelsey um, just finished a whole season, 10 episodes in already, and that's good stuff. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So again, we are the story guys. Uh, at gmail.com review us on itunes on spotify etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, what do you do until next time mark they keep telling stories people. oh yeah baby you do you do it